Cammy Force Jersey Village, good morning to you. I know that you have just experienced incredible worship, and it's time now to open God's Word, which is always the highlight of our services. We put a premium on teaching and preaching the Word of God because we know that the primary tool God uses to instruct us, lead us, challenge us, and encourage us in our faith is His Word, the Bible. I'm so excited to briefly introduce to you a new series that we're starting today called The Kingdom Project. God first put this idea in my heart to preach a series like this way back in 2013. I was flying into Romania on a mission trip, and as I looked out my window, I saw so many homes stretched out across the landscape, and I just sensed a burden growing in my heart. It was a burden, a sense of urgency, if you will, and just felt, how are all these people and all of these homes going to hear the gospel? I knew we had radio and internet and television and even missionaries and pastors that were serving in local churches and different places attempting to take the gospel to people. But I also knew that even with all of these resources and all of these different types of churches and ministries taking place, even then, there were just too many people to reach. How could we ever ensure that they all heard the good news that Jesus died on a cross for their sins and was raised to life, championing sin and death forever? It was in those moments that I believe the Lord impressed on my heart the solution to getting the message of Christ, not just to every single person in Romania, but every single person in Houston, Texas, every single person in your neighborhood, every single person in your office complex or the school that you go to. The solution to getting the gospel to them is you. It's me. And that's what this series is all about. We're going to discuss over the next seven weeks the topic that Jesus spoke more about than any other topic in Scripture. It is the kingdom of God. And we're going to define it and discover what our specific role in the kingdom is, not only as a church, but as individuals. The kingdom project is a dream. And I'm asking you to dream with me. What would it look like if every single member of Champion Force woke up every single day with an intense desire to do as our focus statement suggests, and that is to advance the kingdom. What would it look like if we prayed kingdom prayers as Jesus taught? If we discovered and lived out our kingdom purpose using our skills and education and passion and the gifting that God has entrusted to each of us, I believe on a personal level, if we lived like this, we would experience the abundant life that Jesus promised. And in the process, we would make a massive kingdom impact that could change and transform our lives, the communities in which we live, in every place we ever go. So I'm going to pray, and I want our Jersey Village campus pastor, Avery Lamel, to come and preach this first message in our new series, The Kingdom Project. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we welcome your spirit into the place we have worshiped you. And now, Lord, as we open your word, would you put a vision in our hearts to live for your kingdom so that we can have a maximum kingdom impact in the world today. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Kingdom Project. That is our purpose and intention. Do you know that when God made you, he made you with a purpose? I'll make sure you out there. Do you understand that when God made you, he made you on purpose? That nobody in here is an accident. No, God has a plan and purpose for your life. For each and every one of us, where he wants to use you to impact the world by being a part of his kingdom. Uh, Kingdom. Question is, are you a kingdom citizen? 
Now, you may not know something. Um, perhaps some of you do know. You know, in America, we have a whole lot of national holidays. You do know that, right? I think somebody said before the Cowboys lost, they had a national holiday, but um, <laughs> we know how that went. But, but yeah, but, but, but later on this month, later on this month, January 29th, there's going to be a national holiday. It's a national holiday called National Puzzle Day. Now, I don't think you'll get out of school for this one. I don't think you'll be able to get off work for this particular national holiday as, uh, as there's a celebration, get this, of all the different kinds of puzzles that are made. Sonia, do you, do you know that there, there are puzzles that, that are, are logical puzzles, there are pattern puzzles, but if you're anything like me, your favorite of all time is a jigsaw puzzle. Anybody in here? Jigsaw puzzle. I got three people in here who know what a jigsaw puzzle is. I'm going to pray for the rest of you all. But a jigsaw puzzle normally comes with, with all kinds of disconnected pieces. When you open up the box and there's like a thousand pieces or maybe a little more of all kinds of disconnected pieces. And, and alone, each piece is significant, Kimberly, to the big picture. Hmm? Uh, a piece is not significant of its own. Its significance is found in its place in the Big picture. You and I are part, a piece of God's plan. And the big picture is God wants to use all believers in him to reveal to the world what the kingdom of heaven looks like. I hope you get this. So then it tells us that our significance, Greg, is not just in who we are. No, no, our significance is in how God has purposed our lives, placed our lives so that his power can work through our lives so that others who are connected to our lives will see the Christ that lives within you and I. Ah, because if we pray kingdom prayers and, and find our kingdom purpose, we will participate in kingdom impact. God has created you, Christ has saved you for this very, this very reason. Christ wants to, to use your life because the life of a believer, I'm just talking for believers right now, those who said yes to Jesus Christ, those like Saul and Stephanie who have said yes to the Lordship of Christ, to follow Christ with their lives, those who have chosen to let Christ sit on the throne of their lives. This is not a one-time decision to get us into a place of heaven. No, Saul, this is a decision that we believe and will live for Christ for the rest of our lives so that when others see our lives, they'll see the Christ that's, that's in our lives. That we would live our lives like kingdom citizens. I won't forget that time I was watching the Olympics um, and th there was a particular young man who was um, going into uh, pole vaulting. He, my sons all did pole vaulting, so it was really an interest of mine. It really increases your prayer life when your children are pole vaulting, um, you know, when they go way up in the air, Shannon. But that's what they were doing. And so they, they really helped me to increase my prayer life. But I was watching this, this Olympian as he was going to pole vault, and all of a sudden, Scott, something began to happen. While he was in the midst of his stride, he heard a song, a song that arrested his attention, and it caused
caused him to stop what he was doing. He heard the national anthem, and being a U.S. citizen in the midst of running and representing his country, he could not not recognize and give allegiance to a song that represented his country. Where am I going with that? The reality is when you are a child of God, every day of your life, when you see the blessing of God in your life, when God wakes you up and shows you the joy it is to be in Christ, it ought to cause you to pause and recognize that God is active in your life. You ought not wake up in the morning and just just wake up like it's a regular day. No, this is a day the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice and be and be glad in it. Why? Because you're not just a part of this world anymore. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, you are a part of the kingdom of God. And that that is why at the church, uh, we prioritize advancing the kingdom. What kingdom, you might ask? Uh, Not champion, not the kingdom of champion forest, not a Baptist kingdom. No, we exist to champion advancing the kingdom of God. And we do that by making disciples and by uh, loving our community and strengthening the church. Don't miss it. We exist to advance the kingdom of God, which means when you come to Christ, you give up control of your life and you say yes to how Christ wants you to to live. You, you, You give up control. Perhaps you, you are like me and your computer. Has your computer ever just went on the fritz? Oh, y'all don't know what fritz is. That's a te- technical term. That's when, when your computer just freezes. I remember calling um, uh, help support, uh, and it amazed me. I know some of you, you techie, you, you don't get amazed by these things, but it amazed me. Because uh, here I was, I was on the phone with them. I called them up. Uh, I told them that the computer wasn't working anymore. They said, well, did you try to reset it? And I said, yes, I tried to reset it. I did. I pressed it. I unplugged it. I, I turned off the router. I put everything back on. Um, and still, it was on the fritz. It was frozen. It wouldn't do anything. Then the agent said to me, they said, well, do you mind if we take control? I said, hmm? And all of a sudden, when I agreed for them to take control of my computer, all of a sudden, my mouth started moving without my permission. I don't know about y'all, but see, I'm suspicious about those things. Uh, that began to worry me. Like, you mean you can just come in my computer at any time and, and just start controlling it? But really, that reminds me of what happens when we release the reins and we come to God and we say, Christ, you know what? I've tried it my way. I've tried to reset my life over and over and over again, and it's just still not working. There might be somebody in here right now. You could testify. You've been there. I tried it, God. I tried to do it over and over again, but it was not working. Paulette, it was only when we said, God, you have it. Oh, how do y'all say that? Jesus, take the wheel. You, you, you take over and you take control. And then life begins to make sense. Wait a minute. I was created with a greater purpose. And that purpose has everything to do with the plan of God to advance his kingdom through my you see, advance the kingdom. Several theologians have, have defined for themselves what the kingdom of God is. Dr. Tony Evans defines the kingdom of God like this. He says the kingdom of God is his rule, his plan, his program. Uh, Goldsworthy describes it like this, that the kingdom of God is God's people in God's place 
under God's rule. I like the way Robbie Gallaudet described it. He says, the kingdom of heaven is the work of God in the world today through kingdom citizens. It's not just a realm to enter, but it's also a ruling of God over the present life. Jeremy, Dr. Jeremy says it this way, it's God's reign through God's people over God's place. And lastly, Renee Padella says it this way, it is the gospel is the good news concerning the kingdom, and the kingdom is God's rule over the totality of life. Please understand that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is the realm of God's rule and reign through God's people. That God wants to reign in and through your life so that others might understand that if there is a kingdom of God, that means God is king. I hope you get this. And when Jesus came, he came preaching the kingdom of God. Back in Matthew 4 and 17, it says, uh, from that time, the time in which Jesus began his earthly ministry, he began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus saying that it's, it's available to you. It's, it's in proximity for you to experience. Unless, of course, you prefer the alternative. How many of you enjoy being a part of the kingdom of this world? That, that's the question. Have you seen what's happening in this world today? Have you watched what's going on in this world today? Have you seen how sin is pervasive all around the world today? Oh, but that changes when you choose to be a part of the kingdom of God. He changes your life and he gives purpose to your life so that he could use your life the way he intended for your life to be lived. Uh, it says that Michelangelo, before he ever did a sculpture uh, out of marble, uh, he, he would see uh, the sculpture and he'd see the block of marble and he'd tell individuals that, that what he saw wasn't the marble block, but what he saw was inside of the marble. One of his quotes, Michelangelo says, I saw the angel in marble and I carved until I set him free. When I read that, I thought about how God works in our lives, that only the Spirit of God can recreate our lives from citizens of this world to citizens of the kingdom, that when you give God control, he can carve out your life so that the life that he intends for you can be set free. I hope somebody know that the Bible says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I knew we had some Bible readers in here. Is free indeed. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. In fact, when he was asked by Herod about whether or not he was king, Jesus declared, my kingdom is not of this world. Which means then that there is another kingdom by which can have authority over our lives, that we can live our lives to the glory of God. Paul said this way in Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship, those who believe in God, those who said yes to following the Lordship of Christ, he says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus 
Christ. So what we understand, believers, is that the kingdom of God exists in eternity. It was initiated at the first coming of Jesus. It was inaugurated at the resurrection of Jesus. And guess what? It's going to be consummated when Jesus returns. Because when Jesus comes back, he's coming back for his kingdom, for his church. And the question is, do you have citizenship yet? See, um, our focus passage is really John 3. And in John 3, if you turn there in your Bibles, you'll see a story of a man who wanted to get into the kingdom. His name is Nicodemus. I want you to hear Nicodemus' story as recorded by John. Notice what it begins with. It says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Pharisees, meaning he was a religious leader, that he, was a stud- he studied the law and the Torah of the Old Testament. His name was Nicodemus, and he was a ruler of the Jews, which means that Nicodemus had an awareness of God's wordly. Nicodemus was aware that God's word declared that there was another kingdom. He would have been aware that Daniel prophesied in Daniel 4 and 3 where God said his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. He would have been aware of Psalm 103 and 19 that says the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. And Nicodemus wanted to get in on this kingdom. The text says this this man who had heard the word of God, who had known the word of God, verse 2 says, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him and said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. Check it out. Nicodemus came to Jesus with a question on his heart. He came by night and it speculated what motivated him to come by night. But but I won't rest there for a moment, Ed, Ed, because for me, the reality is he had enough sense and faith to come to Jesus. I'm trying to talk to somebody right now because you've been trying to live your life, understand your life, and the truth is you really haven't gotten far in life that that everything you put meaning in, that you found that it was empty and shallow because the only meaning that can come for our life is when we connect our life to Jesus Christ. Have you come to Jesus? Nicodemus came to Jesus, and Jesus answered the question not of his lips, but Susan, of his heart. Look what, look, what G, look what Jesus says. He says to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot see, you cannot comprehend, you cannot experience, you cannot understand the kingdom of God. Well, Nick, Nick says, well, how, how, how would I do that? Look at verse, verse 3. He says, he says, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And all the mothers are like, mm-mm, they don't happen that way. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And here he's thinking, he's thinking in the world, he's thinking fleshly, but Christ is speaking 
spiritually. If you want to know about the kingdom of God, you got to take a clue from Nicodemus, and we got to get to Jesus. And when you come to Jesus, you have to understand that it is through Jesus that the kingdom is realized in your life. You remember when Jesus taught his disciples to pray? You remember when he said, uh, pray it this way, our Father who art in hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you are born again, get this, God commissions his spirit, God's spirit from heaven to come down and live in you on earth that you're able to do God's will that's done in heaven on earth. I hope you catch this, that God takes heaven and he puts it inside the believer that as a believer, we're not the same. Your life is changed. Last week we talked about you are a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Why? Because when you come to Jesus, your life is transformed. You don't believe me? There's somebody here who testified that when I came to Jesus, my life was transformed. My, my joy was given to me. Hope was given to me. When I I came to, to Jesus. Uh, look at his confession. He confesses that Jesus has to be from heaven. And Christ tells him, truly, verse 5, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh. But that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel when I say you must be born again. It is initiated by the spirit of God. This doesn't start by our decision. It starts when God enters into your life and he gives you the invitation to transform your life by his spirit's presence. Listen, brothers and sisters, I, I pray, I, I hope that you don't ignore God when he's speaking to you. That you don't ignore the spirit's move of your life, but rather you receive him and be born again. Christ ends and says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Because those who are born of the Spirit are citizens of the kingdom of God, which means God is in control. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to be a part of God's kingdom because when God is in control, that means as king of your life, God protects your life. God provides for your life. God is over your life, and you can have peace in your life because no matter what happens in the world, you always remember that God is always in control. And the Word tells us that all things, when you are in the kingdom, when you're a part of the kingdom of God, get this, when you're under the lordship of Christ, Christ, all things work, not some things, not a few things, but all things work together for the good. To those who love God, who are called according to his, his purposes. Kingdom citizens are under the authority 
the rule and reign of God. Romans 4, 17 through 19 tells us, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. One of the ways I know if I'm in the kingdom of God, well, in your life, is there righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit? Uh, let me tell it to you this way. Uh, as we come to a close, so as kingdom citizens, we can celebrate in the ordinance that God has instructed us to because we live with a different uh, we live in a different way and celebrate in a different way as God's kingdom citizens. Um, but uh, how many in here, it's cold to you? Outside, outside, it's cold, it's cold. The rest of y'all, I can't hang with you. I'm, I'm, I'm on this side, I'm on this side. All right, I, 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 quickly, quickly now, listen. Um, um, I, around this time when I was growing up, Sonia, it, it, was, it was so, I always knew when, when winter was here, uh, one, because um, the stove was on and, and the heater was on and the oven was open. Y'all know nothing about that, okay? Um, um, and my grandmother was, was cooking sweet potatoes. Right? That, that's how, you know, it's cold when, when grandma got, got sweet potatoes in, in the oven. Um, and I remember we were on our way to school that morning. She, she, I grew up in the country, y'all, so you grew up with, with cornbread and sweet potato in the morning. Yeah, right, there it was. Uh, so we were on our way to school. Don't, don't laugh. I'm just telling you how this thing went. And, and, and grandparents of old, I don't know if it's a new, I'm, I'm, I'm new now in this thing. I, I'm just learning. I'm just learning. But grandparents of old, uh, they believed in layering you. Let me help you understand how that means. That means, that means they put on one, one pair of clothes and they put on another pair of clothes and, and you thought you were done, right? No, no, they put on another one. So when you walk out, it's like you're an igloo. You, you know, you can... You can barely move. And that, that's, that was my reality. Uh, I remember how cold it was, and Grandma was convinced that I needed one more layer. I want to forget this. Uh, let me pause for a moment, y'all. Um, I grew up in a big family. My grandparents had 12 children, um, and so uh, they didn't believe in throwing stuff away. No, no, no. Um, particularly clothes. No, all they did was they would just take those clothes when they get small for one cousin, and they just pass it down. Don't look at me like that. I'm just saying how it was. They just pass it down to the next one. Well, Grandma got this jacket that was two sizes bigger than me, and she put it on me, and she said, don't you worry. I said, Grandma, no, I, no, I can't do this, Grandma. I mean, you know, this, this is the world of R&B, Jodeci, and I mean, I, I just got to look right. Then. Yeah, it's okay. Next, next cry. Um, but, 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 and Grandma, Grandma was like, no, 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 boy, uh, you're going to put that jacket on, and she put it on me, and then she began to roll up the sleeves. She said, she said something I'll never forget. She said, don't you worry, you'll grow in it. Come here, I'm trying to help you understand something. That when you're in the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit, the righteousness of God is upon you. And it's God's spirit that says he's going to keep on working on you because you're going to grow into it. You're going to grow into righteousness. You're going to grow into peace. You're going to grow into joy. Because you understand that as a kingdom citizen, you're never alone. God is always with you. And that's what we celebrate as the body of Christ, the love of God that is seen in Christ. We saw one ordinance, which was the confession of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. When we saw Saul and, and Stephanie get baptized, it, it represented their belief in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And go ahead and thank God for them. Go ahead and thank God for them. Go ahead and thank God for them. And before Christ departed and ascended, he gave another ordinance and instruction for his believers. He said, 
remember me. Remember my love for you. Remember I died for you. Remember my blood was shed for you. Remember me. In a moment, we're going to celebrate as believers, as kingdom citizens, our Savior. Would you bow your heads all over the building? God's Word tells us that when it comes to celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we must examine ourselves, confess our sins before God, receiving the assurance that when you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So, Father, I come before you. Lifting up your people to you, asking that even now you would hear the confessions of their minds and hearts, those who have been far from you, that they would come close to experience you afresh. As we remember your death, burial, and resurrection, that we come before you that you'd make us clean, that we can partake with pure hearts. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.